You may be seated. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be in several different places in the gospel story this morning, but I want to start in Matthew 1. You know, when you begin to unfold the gospels and you begin to read the life and the story of Jesus, it is so striking how little we know about most of Jesus' life here on earth. I mean, if you stop and think about it, between the events surrounding his wonderful birth and the beginning of his public ministry when he was about 30 years of age, according to Luke 3, verse 23, there are very few details that we have. And you think about the influence and the impact that Jesus had on so many people, but yet when you search scriptures, we know so little about his childhood and his adolescence and his early adulthood, especially with the interest that his followers took in his life. But then you have to stop and realize from a divine standpoint, that is how God would have it be. But in, in that, and even though there are some details that all of us would probably love to know, as the saying goes, inquiring minds want to know, right? There, that interest is there. We would love to know different things about his childhood. But there are different things that we have among us that speaks volumes to us. And so I want to encourage us this morning, instead of fretting so much about what we do not know about his life, let's praise God what we do know. And let's live that out every day of our life. Because in essence, what God would have us do as his children he would have us to learn and to grow up into his son more and more every day. So in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, following the birth of Jesus, I love verse 23, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means... Say it with me, God with us. You think about that phrase right there. Is that not a power-packed passage? Is that not a power-packed three words to realize that Emmanuel came and he came to dwell among us? I want that to soak in this morning as we work through some of these examples in the Gospels. And so then in Matthew chapter 2, you have Matthew telling us about the visit from the Magi and the pagan astrologers from the east. And then you have the family's first flight to Egypt. And then you have their eventual return upon the death of Herod there beginning in verse 19 of Matthew 2. And then all of a sudden, Matthew just jumps immediately to the forerunning ministry of John the Baptist, and then you see Jesus as a full-grown adult. And I know, again, 
those inquiring minds say, but, but wait a minute, what took place between the birth and the time that he grew up? I wonder what life was like for Jesus. Again, we can wonder what that might be, but we have to realize maybe that's not what's important. Maybe what's important is to continue to search the scriptures to see what he has to say. So turn to Luke's gospel. And over the past few weeks, we've been camped out in Luke's gospel, and we have seen in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, that the angel came to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I want you to remember that phrase. And then in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And then all of a sudden, he begins to tell of this high angelic announcement to lowly shepherds and the young family's first visit to the temple. And I want to pick up there in Luke chapter 2. And I want you to notice, he then summarizes his first 12 years of life this way. Look at verse 40. And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, if you took one of your kids right now from birth to 12 years old, I wonder what summary statement you would give on their 12th birthday. It would be interesting, wouldn't it? It would probably be quite hilarious what some would say about their kids from birth to 12 years old. But when you stop and think about it, kids will be kids. And they're growing up and they're learning and they're having a good time, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But what God chose to speak to us about that gap and about that time frame in his life is so important. And it speaks volumes. Just like God coming down and dwelling among us. Again, do you hear what he says in verse 40? The child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And then after recounting the story of 12-year-old Jesus impressing adults at the temple, let's pick up in verse 41. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. And after the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, and then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple courts. Now, parents, can you imagine what it would be like? I mean, we go five or ten minutes and we can't find one of our kids. And we're like, ah, they'll show up here in a minute. And then 30 minutes passes. We get a little nervous. An hour, man, we're starting to panic, right? Can you imagine 
three days. Three days. But after that three days, look what they found. They found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Verse 49 speaks volumes. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Don't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And now I want you to look in verse 52 at how Luke reports in one simple sentence he says this, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And here we are on the first day of a new year, 2017, and some of you probably have already made that list on paper or in your mind about what New Year's resolutions that you're going to be aiming for. And I'm sure on that list is going on a diet. I would suggest you start that tomorrow, not today. Okay? But on that diet, here's what you're going to do. You're going to start eliminating some things that are not good for your body, like bread and potatoes. Oh, all the good things and the pies and all the sweet sugar that we have had over the last few weeks. It's not good for us, is it? It's fun to eat it, but it starts doing something to our body that's not always good. And so at this time of the year, we sit down and think, you know what, I need to shed probably 10, 20, 30, 40 pounds or whatever it may be. And so you start working and you start exercising and you start eliminating all those food things that are not good for you. But I wonder what it would be like, in a spiritual sense, instead of eliminating something, what is it that you need to add? What is it that you need to do so that you can say, like we read in verse 52, that we're growing in stature and we're growing in wisdom and in favor with God and man? What is it particularly for you right now? Don't worry about anybody else. Focus on yourself. What is it that you need to do to grow up in your relationship with God? Even though there are some things that we would love to know about the life of Jesus that are not recorded, the two verses that I just read, Luke chapter 2, verse 40, and Luke chapter 2, verse 52, I believe speak mountaintop of what needs to take place in our life. 
And it was so important that that's exactly how God chose, from his divine standpoint, to summarize, this is what my son is doing. And you, you look at, you see what he was doing when he was at the temple? I love this about growing. After the three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening and asking questions. I wonder what it would be like this year in your walk with God as you're finding more and deeper ways to connect with God. I wonder what it would be like to just search the scriptures and to listen to God. To just listen to what he has to say to you and to your heart. And I'll tell you, when we really search the scriptures and do that in a way where we are listening to God rather than going to try to find an answer for somebody to prove them wrong or right on something, folks, that doesn't get us anywhere. Search the scriptures for God to speak to our heart. And when that happens, you know what? We're going to grow. We're going to grow up into Him. We're going to grow up into His Son. We're going to grow up into His Spirit. As we've recognized over the last few weeks, that comes to us in a way that overshadows us. That is growth. That, church, when we are about that, I believe the growth, spiritually and numerically, will take care of itself. And here's why. Because we're going to realize we do need to talk to more people. We do need to share with more people about the love of Jesus. But instead of beating them down, we're being filled up with the wisdom of God and we're spreading that wisdom and knowledge that we have of God to somebody else. And when you stop and think about it, that is exactly what Jesus did in his life. He was filled with that wisdom and that knowledge, and in return, what did he do? He went to the twelve, and he chose them, and he went to others in the masses, and he would preach and teach to them, and he did that in such a way because the wisdom and the knowledge that came to him, he could not help but pass it on to somebody else. Will we do that? Because really, when you stop and think about it, it's not a choice. It's not an option. That's God's plan. That's God's design is for us to grow up into Him and in return spread that fragrance that Paul says on to somebody else. I mean, you think about it. God could have sent a full-grown Christ. And from the beginning, he could have created a world of existence without infants and children and awkward teenagers and middle-agers and seniors or what we call young at heart. And he could have just had a, a race of just young, mature adults. But aren't you glad that God didn't do it that way? He designed us for a purpose. And he designed us for a reason for stages and seasons of life, for growth and development 
in body and soul, both toward others and toward God. Again, remember, the first and greatest commandments in Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 37, after Jesus is replying by a question that he received from the Pharisees and from an expert in the law, his reply as to which is the greatest commandment, he said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. You learn that and you see what that's like as you're growing up and maturing in Jesus. You realize Part of the life that we take on is loving God first and loving others second. And so, all four Gospels unfold his three-year ministry and give nearly half of their space to the final week of his life. But when you go and you start looking at that, what was it that Jesus was doing most of his earthly life? He was growing. And as he was growing, he was discipling and he was teaching other people. But that was only made possible because he himself was growing. That's what in, is important. It'd be fun to know about his childhood. It'd be fun to know if he drove people crazy, that he was sinless, or how smart he was. That would be great. But what's even better is to know how he grew and how he impacted and how he still impacts the world today more than anybody else. That's pretty amazing. And he did that in a short amount of time, and he did that in such a way that was hard. I mean, it was tough. And if you look in Hebrews chapter 5, you begin to see some of the things that took place during the days of his life on earth, according to Hebrews 5, beginning in verse 7, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. And although he was a son, <clears throat> he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And the fact is that he learned obedience does not mean that he began by being disobedient, but that he began as unlearned and inexperienced. And there's a big difference. And he knew. He didn't have the experience. And so what it took was to sit at the feet 
of other teachers and to listen and to learn and to ask questions. And you know what? While he was doing that, man, he soaked it up and it changed his life. And as we're in his word and as we're at the feet of other people and we learn from them, church, let's remember something. We learn from each other as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We learn from them. Some of us could do really well to learn some things from older people in this room. Because they've been there and done that. And as my dad says, he's got the t-shirt to prove it. Okay? Soak that up, younger people. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. The worst thing you can do is to think, I know it all, or I've, I'm, I've arrived, or I've, I'm there. No, you're not. You're not there. You're not there until you see Jesus face to face. And in the meantime, what we do is we grow and we mature. And God's favor will rest upon us. That, my friends, will preach. That will change our lives forever, knowing that the favor of God is upon you. Wow. Praise God for that. And praise God for the fact that we're all on a journey, just striving to grow and mature into the likeness of Jesus. And as we grow and as we mature, God is right there with us, encouraging us to walk and to follow in the footsteps of His Son. He's going to be the one to guide us and to help us and to give us that strength and praise God that we have His Spirit that lives within us that helps us along the way as well. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the ordinary life that your son lived. And we're grateful for the extraordinary things that he did that has changed this world. And Father, I pray as we begin a new year that we will learn the importance of growing up and maturing in you. And help us in our lives, Father, to be about and to do those things that we need to do to be with you and to be at your feet. Shape us and mold us into who you want us to be because after all, you have chosen us to be your hands, to be your feet, and to be your mouthpiece. What a blessing that is. And we thank you and we praise your holy name that your favor is resting upon us as we speak. Thank you for Jesus, for making all things possible. Thank you for his example. And this morning, Father, 
we want to say to you that we love you and that we want to be closer to you every day. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said,